it's Sean. Hey, it's Bree, and welcome to episode 7. In this episode, we're going to be talking about Tranquil Sanatorium in Cantaloupe, BC, the Hockey Hall of Fame in Toronto, and the Acadia University in Wolfville, Nova Scotia. On a side note, from all of us at Paranormal Files Canada, we hope you are staying safe during this difficult time. Social distancing is very important, as well as staying home, just like we are to record this show. We'd also like to give a shout out to all the frontline workers all over the world. Thank you for everything that you are doing. So bear with us with this recording of this episode. We're doing something that we've never done before. Um, Mm -hmm. So as we said, we're recording from home. So uh, if it sounds kind of odd or funny, sorry, we'll figure it out (laughs) as we go along, as this thing evolves. But we're going to get straight into it. We're going to go into the Tranquil Sanatorium. Tranquil. It sounds very <laughs> relaxing. <laughs> but it's not. Um, it, <laughs> it's very... It, it actually was built in 1907 to treat tuberculosis. So um, not, not a very tranquil place at all. Very... Uh, very hard disease very tough disease to have and a lot of people suffered there and and i think that's why there's such a uh background for the the haunting of of this place but but anyways getting back to the history um (laughs) the sanatorium um called tranquil it gets its name from the tranquil river um that is not too far away uh within the community but it was almost like a like a like a community that was built just for this like hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like an old style house, um, but it, there was like a like a farm. There was a fireplace, a fireplace, a fire department that was built there. Um, there was gardens that they had there, so you could like you know sit and enjoy. Um, there was houses. So as I was saying, there was like a community that they had. Yeah. Like a, yeah, exactly. Like a village, uh, like a resort almost. Um, so in, in 1958, the hospital closed and then it reopened in 1959 to treat the mentally ill. So I guess at that point, um, tuberculosis was eradicated and you know a lot of people have been treated and and it was it was no longer a threat uh, threat to the yeah like a threat to the population like you know kind of like what we're dealing with now right yeah (laughs) Uh, yeah yeah, really when you think about it um uh it's just a different just a different strain of something that we're dealing with right so but in 1959, it was uh, reopened to treat the mentally ill. Um, so essentially, you know, a good place for them to be because there was different buildings and stuff like that. So they had different reaches. Oh, yeah, and, and a beautiful diff- garden. And it was almost like you're not even locked up. No. Not, not no. that locked up, but in a mental institute. <laughs> yeah, normally you'd think of being in a cell or a room and being locked in there. Well, this was a place where they could walk around and and you know 
obviously supervised, you know, mm-hmm. so it was quite good. It worked out. But unfortunately, in 1983, the hospital closed and there were plans to demolish the sites. Um, but there was also talks about turning it into a resort um, and kind of changing it up that way and kind of making making it, uh, you know, usable for a different purpose. Mm-hmm. But the site now, um, as far as I know, is currently being used uh, by a company called Tranquil Farm Fresh. Uh, but the, comp- the company does give uh, tours of the ground so people can oh. go and, yeah, they can go and experience, you know, their uh, if they have any experiences while they're there with the, with the hauntings and what have you. Um, but they also, um, they do, um, historical theater, uh, in the, in the latter parts of the year. Um, yeah, it's from. Oh yeah. Like closer to like October. Yeah. Yeah. Like stuff like that. They must do like stuff. Yeah. Put on shows and, and all that kind of stuff to, to kind of, uh, hype up the, the, fact that there is paranormal activity there yeah so with that being said i'm gonna switch it over to you with the paranormal part for the tranquil sanatorium in bc so um i found out a couple of things about the tranquil sanatorium um from what i can tell there wasn't anything about any of the um, when it was under, like, the mental institute with the ghosts, they just didn't seem like they were from that time. You know what I mean? Right. But right. in here, it says um, people would go and visit the site, and they would get, like, this overwhelming fear of eeriness. Yeah. I've, I've and, read that like, as well. And, like, they weren't alone. Yeah. Like a foreboding almost. Mm-hmm. And then there was, um, apparently there's a couple of buildings and there's uh, tunnels that connect underground. And I guess maybe it was around that area. It doesn't say specifically, but that was the other mention in the paragraph. So, um, what was the other thing it said? Oh, oh, right. Other reports were noted that the tunnels were filled with lonely voices and cries. So maybe that is part of the... um, sanatorium part or the institute part could be both right because there's so much like with tuberculosis there's so much uh, death that happened with that and oh yeah yeah yeah. and even with 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 uh mentally ill patients some people don't even know what's going on right yeah so some might not even know that they're sick and that they've passed on like i mean i i wouldn't know myself personally but from, like, what we see or read about what, how people describe ghosts are. Right, right. You know, yeah. like, you, it, it's always a residual. But I think we've talked in the past about, you know, how sometimes ghosts can pass through. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's a part of it, too. But a lot of places do have their stationary ghosts that are there consistently. You know, there's been a lot of researchers that have gone into places and... and have seen this on a regular basis mm-hmm. yeah consistency right so I, I that's that's one thing that i saw with this place was a lot of consistency there was a lot of the same experiences with 
people. It wasn't a whole bunch of different experiences. It was it was a lot of the same thing. Mm-hmm. So of the same thing, and, yeah. Right, and and from all different people. So either it was not a creative ghost, or <laughs> or true. it was just <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I, I guess it, yeah, that's true because if all you hear is voices and cries, then it's the ghost that's probably feeling trapped in that same place where it died, I guess. Yeah, and and one thing I've never never read about was anything of somebody actually going there and doing. A lot of the times you'll hear like um like a uh, like a medium or something will go oh, yeah. to these sites, and I never really I was looking for that specific and I never really found anything so any mediums or psychics out there that went to this location yeah I don't think any us. of my information <laughs> says anything about that either um I do there's another claim of hearing or seeing a mother crying for her child and that they have specifics too like the sixth and the eighth floor and then other people yeah, have yeah. reported hearing um, voices of kids playing in the ward like the children's ward or seeing bright orbs around the main entrance and stuff like that. Wow. So mm-hmm. really active in that sense. Mm-hmm. Huh. Exactly. And now, like, it's being used, like, the sanatorium, they, um, they turned it into a, a creepy escape room for Halloween. So there you go. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. They call Kinda it like, the escape they... from Padova. It, t- it took uh, place in the abandoned uh... tunnels below the sanatorium. Yeah. Wow, I know. Oh, nice. as I continue to read, it says um, tunnels below the sanitarium are offered uh, one hour of heart pounding terror in the dark. <laughs> that would be so much fun. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, they, they do that at Casa Loma, too. I know, off topic, oh, but okay. the, the, the escape room, remember when we were there? That'd be cool to go to. I've, I think you and I have only been to one uh, um, haunted thing. It was at the C&E. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the uh, Screamers. Yeah. Is that the one where we had to crawl through tunnels? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Honestly? That was the one where the guy chased us with a chainsaw <laughs> through the fence. Oh, yeah. I don't think I'd be doing that now. Well, the tunnel thing for sure. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm gonna we're gonna move on. We're gonna talk about the Hockey Hall of Fame that is in Toronto. All right. Yeah. So the Hockey Hall of Fame was established in 1943. Um, it houses and uh, sorry, it houses and it's dedicated to. Uh, exhibits of NHL memorabilia, trophies, and including the Stanley Cup, which I didn't know that it actually s- stayed there. Makes sense. Oh, like on a regular? I, yeah, I, as far as I know, that's that's kind of the way that the article that I was reading made it sound. So, anybody out there, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, it actually was founded in Kingston, Ontario. Um, under the leadership of James T. Sutherland. Uh, The first class of inducted members was in 1945, before the Hockey Hall of Fame even had a permanent location. It moved to Toronto in 1958. 
Its first permanent location was opened in Toronto at Exhibition Place in 1961. The hall was relocated in 1993 to Brookfield Place in downtown Toronto, and it's in the historic BMO, Bank of Montreal, building. So lots of uh, information there with regards to the Hockey Hall of Fame. Um, have you been there, Sabrina? I think I have, but it was so long ago. I think I was in my teens. Oh. I'm trying to think if we went with school. It's possible. Or if I went, like, I can't remember. But I do, like, when I see pictures on TV when they show, like, the guys in there by the Stanley Cup in the Hockey Hall of Fame, um, it looks familiar to me like I've been there. I don't know. I can't remember. I have the worst memory. <laughs> Unless too. somebody tells me a story that we were together, then I remember instantly, like I can hit, picture it in my head playing. <laughs> Especially yeah. if it was something really funny, obviously. But I know, I know. I'm the same way. I don't know if that's age. Yes, I, <laughs> yes, I said it. <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm 29. <laughs> Till 21. <laughs> Okay, so um, I have um, a ghost story. I guess but, it's very popular. Hello, I'm not done yet. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were. Okay. I really was. Then. Just kidding. <laughs> this is what self-isolation does, folks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> John I don't know what no. I would have done if I wasn't working. I know, <laughs> I right? I stuck here every single day, all day. Oh, man. I don't know. I, I, like, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure I, my house would be the cleanest house you could ever find. I tell you. I'd oh, be I using definitely Q- did that. I'd be, I'd be using Q-tips to clean the corners, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, so I... I, I I don't I personally don't remember ever being there, but I could have been there as a little kid because I do remember some hockey something to do with hockey, and we always went to the the Canadian National Exhibition, um and and that's really where it was until they tore it down and then they rebuilt it right as we were saying, so so yeah so other than that, um that's kind of all I have about the Hockey Hall of Fame and and with regards to the history and all that kind of stuff so. Over to Brie with all the ghosties. <laughs> well, apparently there's just one ghost, and she's very, very famous. Um, really? Yeah. It said for it said that it was more than 50 years. Uh, this ghost known as Dorothy has haunted the Hockey Hall of Fame. <laughs> so, so, what's her story? Um, well, she died committing suicide. Oh, okay. On in 1953, March 11th, um, Wednesday, I think they said it was, and she was 19 years old, I believe. 19 years old and died 22 hours later after trying to commit suicide. And she was later. This was at St. Mike's Hospital. So. Oh uh, wow! Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Apparently, there's a loneliness because her boyfriend had left her. Took a job on the boats. 
um so what 1953 back then wow that's pretty much it that she's the only ghost anybody well been reported lights flicker off and on doors open windows opening and closing for no apparent reason um they'll hear moans screams other eerie sounds especially going through the historical structure part Uh, Some of the staff and employees hear footsteps when they're working alone at night and uh, felt like a phantom hand touched their shoulder or their leg. It it sounds like there could be multiple there. I don't know. Or she's just one ghost that hangs around. That's really busy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. So, like, did she commit suicide? in the hall of fame or like oh right sorry no <laughs> i forgot to say that part uh she worked at the i think she worked at the bank but it happened oh. uh there was a bank or something or it used to be a bank no it just says that she killed herself in the bank sometime between 1900s and 1960 according to various sources oh so she's basically a residual ghost that's there um in the building and then when the hall of fame went in she just kind of stuck around and and her presence is still felt yeah exactly she doesn't have a last name so they've never given her a last name and they haven't really confirmed her actual reason for death so i guess that's maybe some people have claimed it was suicide because it was over a boyfriend leaving but who knows if that part of the story is real either right crazy eh yeah. as we said you know places have ghosts that are attached and no matter what goes there they're always gonna haunt there because that's their you know that's where they're tied to that's what their their you know that's where their being is mm-hmm. yeah. oh so the star uh, is it the is that a paper the star yeah, um the star. they Charlie learned star. they yeah. learned that her name was dorothea may elliott She was 19 years old. She shot herself early in the morning of Wednesday, March 11th, 1953, and died 22 hours later at St. Mike's Hospital. So there you go. Wow. Such a tragedy. Wow. Crazy. But it still doesn't say why. All right. So I think we're going to move on to Acadia University in Wolfville, Nova Scotia. Yep. Now, I gotta say, this one was kind of all over the place. Um, I it was hard to follow. Like it was, there's a lot of information with regards to timelines and this and that. And I found myself kind of writing and rewriting and rewriting. And <laughs> <laughs> so I'm I'm hoping I got this all down pat. And in my head, it kind of made sense. So here we go. Um, (laughs) On November 15th, 1838, meetings took place in Horton, uh, Nova Scotia, which is now Wolfville. When Baptist leaders were at a breaking point uh, in their ability to access higher education, the Baptists would, they, they were kind of like shunned, not shunned, but they were not accepted in other universities to do because of their faith, basically. And they reached a melting point and basically said, we're going to make our own uh, college. 
at that time and have no barriers. We're going to break down barriers. We're going to let people come in no matter who they, you know, whatever. They weren't mm-hmm. going to be those people that said, you can't come here, which I think is is quite good. I, I think yeah. that's what we, we need more people like that the, now, so. then and now in days. So yeah, so they 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 made their own uh, uh, college at the time, and Acadia University slash college was very good at breaking down barriers. And and when I say that, we talked earlier about um, the Baptists removing those barriers so people could have an education. Um, in 1884, they went further by allowing women to. Uh, obtain a university or college education, um, which I think is great. And also, a few years later, uh, a man by the name of Edwin Borden uh, was the first African-Canadian graduate. On a side note that I read too, which I thought was kind of interesting because we are podcasters and we rely on our computer so much that Acadia University was one of the first uh, universities to uh, switch over to laptops only like they were their curriculum was all done through laptops and all that kind of stuff so I thought that was kind of cool you know kind of leading the way even to this day um, along with Edwin Borden and uh, Clara Bell Marshall who was the first woman to obtain her degree at this university oh. yeah so lots of uh, information there and um, it's a very prominent uh, school from what I read um, there's a lot of well-known people um, that uh, attend there, uh, or have attended there, I should say. Um, and I went through the list, and I don't know whether I don't get out much, but I didn't really notice many people that I recognized, <laughs> <laughs> except for one one of the people from the Rankin family. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, but they're very good. I love the Rankin family. So, anyways, that's all I have for Acadia University, which looks and sounds amazing. On to the ghosts of Acadia University. All right. So, I've um, discovered that over the years, there have been many paranormal activities reported in the seminary house of the Acadia University. According to the legend, a young female student in the late 1800s discovered that she was with child and hung herself. Um, she wanted to spare her family's embarrassment out of wedlock pregnancy, so she she took her own life in the area um, on the second floor, known as the well, a large opening with a banister in the second floor under the skylight. <clears throat> wow, wow! Yeah. So another tragedy, right? Like mm-hmm. crazy. It's crazy. You didn't think back then things like that, like. Oh yeah, well, I that guess was so. Yeah. Very prevalent, you know. Most it was just like, religion was stronger back then. Yeah. Well, people it's so were strong now. Judgmental. <laughs> yeah. And they still are now. <laughs> That's true. Not everybody. Yeah. Um, so the claims are lights turning on and off, footsteps are being heard up and down the back stairwell. Uh, doors opening and closing on their own objects will move by themselves and then they'll hear like they said disembodied voices can be heard throughout the residence yeah um although it hasn't been confirmed some believe that the girl's name was constance hagen 
Yeah, and, and they they call her Connie. Con- yeah. yeah, yeah. So is she the only one that haunts that location, or is it yeah, just that that's building? The only, that's the only name they have for, I guess, who they think it is. Yeah. Yeah, there, there's not an extensive uh, background with regards to hauntings there except for that one person but there's so many different buildings that have such a history and they a lot of people have experienced so many different things in every building so again that was another one that I didn't find where there was no like investigators that went there that I that I read so there's nobody really there to differentiate to say there's one or two or three or four. So it all usually gets chalked up to Connie or Constance, right? Mm -hmm. It's just kind of chalked up to the one thing. So it'd be interesting to see if they did send um, like a psychic or a medium there to see what they see and, and, and see if they can kind of see if there's more than just her. Cause it does sound like there's more, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Well, I guess, again, one ghost can stay in one area and cause yeah. issues, yeah. right? Yeah, that's right. But Especially I think if people it... are claiming the same thing, just same with, like, right. Dorothea, right? Right. They named her, and that's it. They've never really mentioned, like, seeing... I guess they. it's more um, the lights and everything. I don't think anybody has mentioned any aspirations seeing anything floating by, other than right. orbs. Right. And, and you hear that a lot. Like you hear a lot of, of, of things with hauntings. You hear of things moving and, you know, um, lights flickering and, and all that kind of stuff and, and doors opening and slamming and, and talking and all that kind of stuff, which is creepy mm-hmm. in itself, you know? Imagine oh, yeah, if something especially showed if you don't up. It. <laughs> yeah, imagine yeah. something showed up. You're just like, ah. Right. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> all right. Well, that's all we have for Acadia University. So, anyway, so with that being said, that brings us to another end of an episode, our episode number seven. So we hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, Again, it was a different kind of episode for us because we're recording from home and we hope you're at home too, listening or in the car as you're going to work or what have you. But there are a few ways that you can get in touch with us so you can share um, your story with us or even just give us some feedback. We would love to hear from you. Um, And we are thankful for you for joining us um, on our journey with this podcast. So here are some ways that you can get in touch with us. You can reach us at Paranormal Files Canada on Facebook or you can tweet us at PFC sean underscore brie and or you can email us at paranormalfilescanada at gmail.com yep and you can also reach us on our facebook at paranormalfilescanada i said that did you yeah that's the first thing i said ah well (laughs) we're trying to push the facebook apparently (laughs) (laughs) oh wait instagram too we're on instagram oh yes Yes, can't forget about our Instagram. And it's Canada Paranormal Files on Instagram. Yes, yes. All right, well, you guys, stay safe out there. Thank you again for joining us. We appreciate uh, you coming along with us 
Um, and we look forward to bringing you the next episode. Yes, and hopefully this quarantine will end soon and we can start visiting these places again. Yes. So They're going to so, need it now more than ever. Yeah. So you know what, guys? Stay local. You know, support your Canada. local businesses and, yep. and you know... Exactly. Help, help everybody out. This is the time where, you know, this is when we need to shine and, and show our true colors and, and pull together as a community, as a country, as a world, mm-hmm. and do what we can to stop the spread of this COVID-19. Yes. So, as we were saying, stay safe. Thank you again. And we will definitely see you soon. Stay spooky. Stay spooky.